are back. We took a week and a half hiatus instead of a normal week because, well, it was combine week. It was a busy time in college basketball, really in basketball generally, uh, as the uh, the basketball world descended upon the Windy City, my uh, current residence. And certainly it was great to see some college coaches, some familiar NBA people uh, down at Wintrust Arena. But we figured, Brad, in the spirit of all the movement that was sure to happen in this week, that'd be easier just to wait until after all the combine craziness died down for us to take a take do a podcast. And hopefully I can give you guys some, you know, look behind the curtain as to what the combine actually looks like. Um, as well as obviously um, kind of go through some of the implications of, of the game of the scrimmages and the testing and what the feel is on guys who might be still coming back to college. And we'll obviously get to portal commitments as well. So uh brad how, portal how combat how we, oh, portal combat baby portal combat i'm fresh back out of, after a a beautiful trip to a uh, tavern on rush for for john rothstein's happy hour with the northwestern wildcat fans uh had had one free uh one free moscow mule on on our friend mr rothstein for uh th- thanks thanks to thanks to john for making a very dumb bet and uh me and my me, me and many of my long-suffering northwestern fan friends uh cashed in to the tune of margaritas and Moscow meals. It was terrific. How, how was that police? Like, how did Rothstein make sure that everybody only got one? Like, did he give out tickets? Well, you could get as many drinks as you wanted for the, for the hour he was there. It was just he bought it for the for the, He basically bought out, bought out the bar for an hour. And yeah. he got out of there as soon as the hour ended. It was kind of funny. Well, he probably hemorrhaged some money. <laughs> hey, man. Had to, had to show love to the Wildcats. But... Uh, G League camp and the combine five days. That is a long time to sit in the gym. Me and Jeremy, we were joking. We were spending more time at Winchester Arena than we were sleeping. Jeremy was working harder than I was, quite frankly, because A, it's his job to know how these guys are going to play in the NBA. And also there was all the pro days. So um, for those that aren't aware, basically Winchester Arena is where DePaul plays and it is attached to a large Marriott marquee. And that Marriott marquee also is attached to a convention center. And so that is the home base of the combine. Um, you know, the only people allowed in the building in, in the arena are scouts, coaches, um, and people, yeah, agents and media members. Um, the lottery was held at the convention center, which was through like a tunnel away. Uh, the hotel is where all the players were staying and all the agents and executives. And they're all there. And there's a, they're using all the meeting meeting rooms to do, um, you know, player interviews and things like that. So everybody kind of descends upon this like one little block in Chicago, uh, which makes things very interesting. I, I, I comped it to, you know, it's, it's very, it's very much like peach jam or like a big recruiting event. Um, but except for all the, co- instead of all the college coaches being there, it's all like NBA people. Um, so I was a little bit fish out of water, but it was very, very entertaining. Very, very interesting. You definitely see all the coach, all, all the guys sitting around on their phones, on their laptops, like not super paying attention all the time. Uh, just like you would see at Peach Jam, uh, but lots of lots of action, and obviously the measurements are very important. The interviews are very important. Um, just a very uh, very interesting experience. So, so the first guy that I wanted to ask you about combine sure. related was. Should we start with the G League camp and then go to the combine? Okay, sure. Let's, um, uh, let's, let, let, yeah, let's try to let, let's try to keep it keep it along. So the G League camp, um, in terms of the participants. We can just kind of go team by team. So team one had 
Jamari Bouye, Eli Brooks, MJ Randolph, Hyunjung Lee, Javon Freeman Liberty, Gabe Brown, Vince Williams, Jalen Wilson, Darius Days, Keve Aluma, and Muhammad Gee. So I believe the only toss-ups or the, the, the only toss-up from an NBA decision standpoint there were Jalen Wilson and Muhammad Gee. In terms of those guys might come back to school, might not. They might play college basketball next year, correct. I believe everyone else is fully in on the NBA. And I, and, and Wilson obviously played well enough to get invited to the actual combine. Yes. How did, how did Mr. Gee look, who was also in the portal? I mean, there's like definite intrigue there because he's 6'11 and can really, you know, really move and has some skill. Um, I think he's a, a good ways away. Uh, from being like ready to contribute in an NBA game. I certainly think that's in his future. Um, I think he probably should go back to college, but I also don't know where, right? And, and I think there's, there's a certain case for guys like that who are so, they're never going to be used in like the context in college basketball that they'll be used in the NBA. So there's some value in just like going to the G League. Um, but I, I think, you know, I, th- I think he should come back in some form or fashion you know he was i will say i mean he was going up against a lot of older bigs i mean you're just going like like going through some of the teams right so the team you know team two who they played on monday their their big men were bryson williams who's 24 kenny lofton keon brooks jermaine samuels i mean these are these are old guys you know team four had brady manick david mccormick bryson gresham you know, these, these are old dudes, uh, you know, Pete Nance, Fabian White. I mean, so so when you're 19, you're going up against those, you know, veterans. I think it, it is tricky, and I thought he held his own relatively well. Um, and then on, on the Jalen Wilson front, you know, he, he doesn't have a ton of pop. You know, he doesn't, doesn't explode. But, you know, he, he's a productive player. He shot the ball well this week. I think if he wants to stay in the draft, he'll get a two-way. He might get drafted. But like, is that really what he wants, or does he rather be the, you know, not Big 12 Player of the Year, but first team All Big 12, potential All American? You know, like, what does he want? You know, they really have two looming decisions with Brown and with Jalen Wilson. I don't really know where either will go. I think both of them like kind of looked the part. You know, I, I didn't think either of them played poorly at the combine. Uh, I thought both of them had had their moments. But I do think both of them, there's value in them coming back. I do think that they can boost their stock. I do think, obviously, that they'll have an opportunity to make a lot of NIL money, obviously coming off the championship as well. Um, so we shall see there. I mean, I think you need, you really want at least one of them back if you're Kansas, right? I mean, you don't want to be as young as they would be without No, and, and adding Kevin McCuller, a guy who can play three positions, maybe even four positions, gives you the versatility to fit him in with whoever comes back. Yes. See seems like just, you know, from an, just like an outside perspective, just, you know, just like based on vibes, that Brown would be gone and Wilson would come back. I, I mean, Wilson supposedly, uh, from tweets I saw, shot it really well at the combine. He did. He which did. is which was not a strength of his game during the year. Um, and that kind of limited some of his effectiveness. So He also if, looked pretty fast, like running the floor. I mean, he, does, yeah. he doesn't have very much vertical pop at all. Like he, like, he, like there was a time when like it was like in transition, he just like laid it in like you're six, eight and like long, like you should not be laying in things in transition, but you know, he certain he, he ran the floor. Well, he made shots. He's smart. Like there's a place for him. It's just like, I don't know. 
I'm somewhat skeptical here. And any um any potential landing spots, whether Intel or you like the fit for for Mohamed Gay? I have nothing. I didn't get a chance to talk to him. He wasn't made available um, to media, so I didn't get a chance to ask him if he had a list. Um, as you recall, I mean, so so Mohamed Gay, his recruitment was not really like a true recruitment. Like it was always very very quiet, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, Washington State's getting this top 100 kid. It's kind of like an international. Um, he a reclass too. Right, reclass. So I, I don't really know what the situation is. I don't know if Washington State's still on the table. I know they took another African big man uh, for next class who's supposedly very good. So um, we shall see. I, I don't have a list. I mean, I, I think I think he should be recruited at the highest level. I mean, he's like legitimately a, you know a five star level talent. He was productive as a freshman. He you know hung in you know on the floor in, in, in this setting. You know I. I would be I would be very interested in recruiting him, but again, it's just like what role does he want? Who are the important people? You know, I I just don't like I I don't know his deal. It it feels very mysterious the whole thing. Well, let's see. Um, so Kenny Lofton yeah, seemed well, productive, and he got yeah, invited so to the real combine. Team two had Kenny Lofton, Bryson Williams, who were both combine real invites. Keon Brooks, who's a potential college player next year, um, but doesn't sound like he wants to be. Um, Baylor Shireman. Uh, and then the other guy who I'm not 100% sure on, you might be able to help me more than I, because I, I'm just blanking, it's been a long week, was Kyler Edwards. Is Kyler Edwards like gone, gone? I didn't think so. Well, Houston has a lot of like up, uh, question marks, right? Because you have Kyler, Sasser, Edwards, and then potentially Lofton, who was right. rumored from the start to be going to Houston. So Edwards was not overly fantastic. But I don't think Edwards did anything at the G League camp to be like, all right, this guy should be like a, a draft pick. So if he is open to coming back, he should go back. Um, you know, Kenny Lofton was really good. <laughs> Kenny Lofton, if he plays college basketball next year, is going to be a freaking monster. Because all of a sudden, he's a little slimmer. Uh, he can really run the floor. He can handle the ball. He can really pass. Uh, he can pop out and make a three and, like, did that confidently. But he's still a freaking bull down low and can just move, you know, move bodies and, and do what he wants. Like, he is going to be a freaking beast. Like, if he goes to Houston, as is rumored, and plays with Jarris Walker in that front court, they are going to be a menace. Because both guys can grab and go off the boards. Both guys can pass and have a little bit of feel. You know, Lofton can stretch the floor now. I think Jarris can stretch it as well. I haven't watched enough of Jarris's game to say how good of a shooter he'll be. But, like, that like that would be monstrous. Him and Sasser playing in the ball screen if Sasser comes back, that would be monstrous. I mean, like, Kenny, like Kenny Lofton could be an All-American next year if he comes back to college. Which is so funny because watching U19, he was like – I, probably third best player, maybe you know third or fourth best player. He, he was a starter the whole time. And I remember when the top 100 player list started coming out in the preseason, and people had Pat Baldwin over him. I was like, we just this summer we just watched Kenny Lofton was so much better than Pat Baldwin. What are we doing here? Uh, he he was just yeah. ridiculous. I mean he he's grabbing and going. He he's he's so energetic and fun. I mean I like talked to him after the combine. And I was like, you know, like, what's, you know, what, what, what's the, you know, what's the story for you getting in shape? And he goes, 
well, Coach Conkle, he always told me that I couldn't be any in any worse shape than I already was in. And I was like, preach, brother, preach. I mean, that sounds like a challenge to me. <laughs> you know, it, it can always get worse. Yes. Yeah, so Kenny played two days of the G League camp, and then he played the first day of the combine and sat out the next day. And people were like, oh, does that mean it's a promise? That is one thing that like needs to be dispelled. People who were sitting out of the combine did not mean they had a promise. Like that would mean like half of the fucking freaking league has promises. Um, it just means that they've done enough. Like Kenny Lofton played three games in four days on like a really beefy frame. He doesn't need to play a fourth game. Everyone saw it. They either liked it or didn't. You know, Marcus Sasser was playing for the first time in you know five months, and he played three games in four days. He didn't need to play another game. You know, Gene Montero got nicked up one game uh, in the first game. He didn't come back for the second one. Uh, Justin Lewis, uh, I don't remember his story. Like, they, you know, there were certain guys, like I know there were certain examples where guys were coming off of COVID um, and they had not gotten a chance to get back into conditioning uh, so that their agents held them out and only went and put them through the pro day. Um, Matthew Meyer, I think, had a groin injury. Like there are all these guys, like like, like none of, it's not like all, all they have promises, whatever. Like, yes, maybe Jake Laravia has a promise or maybe Jake Laravia is just like really confident in his draft position right now. But for the most part, it was like guys had put, you know, put put enough on tape or put what they'd wanted to put on tape out there and just said, that's enough. I mean, Terquavion Smith had a great first game. What's he going to do in game two? So, so I, I just wanted to dispel that. But, you know, Ken, like Ken, Kenny, I don't think anyone thought Kenny was going to stay in the draft before this week. And then they saw it and it's like, OK, maybe, maybe Kenny could stay in the draft. Like, like. I don't think he would get drafted, but now there's like a plausible path to a two-way. And maybe there's a team that really does believe in him, you know? Like, I, I'm still a little skeptical, but like, holy shit, man. Like, he's so freaking good. I mean, watch Grant Williams now right. stretch four. His shooting's fallen right. off a little right. bit, but he, he's, he's been great in, in the – in the postseason for the South. Everyone's trying to sell everyone on Grant Williams. Everyone's Grant Williams, right? David Roddy's Grant Williams. Kenny Lofton's Grant Williams. Bryson Williams is Grant Williams. Like every, every like old college player is now just Grant Williams. It's like, can he be Grant Williams? It's like, guys, Grant Williams is a freaking excellent player. Um, But yeah, so on, on the college front, Kenny would be great if he comes back. No question. Um, one guy who like really did not help himself this past week was Baylor Shireman. I, I thought that Baylor was probably one of the five to 10 worst players th- at the G League camp. Um, you know, just not a lot of pop, obviously physically uh, didn't shoot it great. That's understandable. It's a, it's, a, it's a small sample size, but you know, just, I didn't watch him and say, wow, that guy's going to be, you know, one big, big East player of the year. That guy's going to be this, that guy's going to be that. Like, he's fine. Like, like I, I didn't come away from that convinced that Creighton got, like, a substantial upgrade over Alex O'Connell. Like, he's yeah, probably I, a more complete player, but, like... Alex O'Connell was, was very good. Yes. Like, 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 I, someone told me that T-Rank has Baylor Shireman averaging seven points a game at Creighton next year. It might have been you, Brad. Um... And I kind of like joked about, I like kind of laughed about it, and then I watched this, and I was like, "Well, ba- Baylor's probably closer to seven than 17. The uh, one really wacky one that I've seen on on T Rank is he has like Zion Cruz, I think, at like two or three points a game for DePaul, which we'll, we'll oh, definitely talk about. DePaul, DePaul has been making moves. They, they, Zion Cruz averaging two points a game is at least on the table based on their addition to the backcourt. So um, yeah, they've been, 
they've been making some weird moves, which we'll get to later. But so, very, very so you funky. said you said that 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 Shireman was one of the five or ten worst players of the combine. Yes. Who 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 are your other guys in that in that realm? So like J D Note played really poorly. That's not like his fault. You know, well, it was yeah. just he didn't shoot it well. Like it, I didn't I didn't think it was like an indictment on his game. It was just like he just didn't make shots. Um, but this league, you gotta make shots. Oh yeah, make or miss league. Um. He was like, but there, there were like the handouts, right? Like MJ Randolph from FAMU, good kid, I'm sure, but yeah, that didn't belong in the setting. Um, you know, Cook Yat was, you know, more physical than anything. Uh, Max Aismith was not very good. Well, Kyle Foster I'm, from Howard was just a shooter. Luke Travers, the Australian kid who subbed in for. Uh, Ryan Terrell from Yeshiva was dreadful. He, oh, it's just, just, just horrendous. Um, I was Kevin early. Luma on, was quite bad. I, I was early on the Max Aismith is not very good, and and the Kevin Luma. Um, hey, one one guy I will say who is actually quite good, or not quite good, but like better, way better than I expected was Sharif O'Neal. Hmm. Like like Sharif was playing the four. And he was like legitimately impactful. Like he's just like, you know, he's long, he's athletic, he's playing really hard. He had a double double in the second game. Um, I thought his list is like it's like Memphis and two HBCUs. Like obviously HBCU would be a beast. But like I actually think he'd be like an like a nice addition to Memphis. I mean he Assuming was playing be behind behind Tari Eason, who's an NBA player, and Darius Days, who's a fringe NBA player. Yeah. Also got the call up to the real combine. Um so maybe, maybe, I don't know. I mean, like, look, I, I, I think there's something there with Sharif. If he can be healthy, like I would, I would, I would consider having him on my team. Um, Bryson Williams was a monster and he's not coming back to college, obviously, but he's, he's out of eligibility, but like, I would, I would find a way to draft that kid. Like he'll probably just get a two way, but I think he's going to be like, he is going to be the undrafted guy that next year is like on someone's rotation in someone's rotation in the playoffs. And like, how the, you know, how the hell did that happen? He has a long ass wingspan. He can really, really like his amazing touch. He can score inside now. He's you know physical. He's experienced. He rebounds. He can scrap. Like he is a really good player. Um, I don't at all see the Keon Brooks professional appeal. No. Like he 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 keeps doing interviews where he's like, I'm 100% focused on the draft. You know, I, I'm really all in. Uh, I don't know who's like recruiting me. Whatever this that the other thing. But like, he's like six foot six, and can't shoot. His uh, brother released through Rothstein like a he's list of sixteen guy. schools he's in constant contact with. So I think that he's not really uh, all all into the NBA as he's been I'm saying. Trying, yeah, I'm trying to find the list. The, the the regular contact list for him was Ohio State, who presumably is out. Of scholarships, yes. Maryland, UCLA, Arizona, Notre Dame, Washington, Iowa, Florida, Mississippi State, South Carolina, BYU, DePaul, UNLV, Nebraska, Kansas State, and Memphis. I mean, even like Nebraska, I think's done. Does a Florida one? I think they wanted more of a center type, right, than Brooks. Iowa, the fit's not clean. I. I think USC would be a good fit. I'm not sure if they were on the list. I think Washington could be a good fit. Yeah. 
I mean, Florida would actually make some sense. Ooh. Um, that just just hopping back to the G League comment for a minute. Sure. Uh, what did you think of Roden and Tyrese Martin who both got the call up? I freaking love Tyrese Martin. Yeah, I I, I like him more than Roden. I freaking love Tyrese Martin. He would be my other bet of like a guy who will go undrafted or could could easily go undrafted that like will show up next year and be like playing in the playoffs because he he has unbelievable bursts. Like like when you watch him rebound the basketball, he is consistently like off the ground. Like he is jumping over dudes to get the ball. He's tough. He's you know he's physically obviously very impressive. He's a great kid to talk to. Um, you know he makes shots like. That kid is like cut out to play in the NBA. Like he is a perfect like modern NBA player. Doesn't do anything he doesn't need to do. Um, he was on team four, uh, so I can just kind of run through the the ones the rest of his team there um, with in terms of relevant college players. Um, so that team had um, Tyler Burton and Marcus Sa- Marcus Sasser and AJ Green as the other potential returners. How did uh, so- that Tyler Burton look? Physically, he's very impressive. Um, I, I don't think he has enough game yet offensively. I think he's been so Princeton that, like, he, like you watch him move, he he looks a little bit awkward moving and like like the pace and space NBA offense. Um, but he can really shoot it, and he's a great defender. I mean, he is so active with his hands. I think he could stay in the draft. I don't like. I don't. I don't think there's a reason he doesn't need. I don't, he doesn't need to go back if he doesn't want to. Um, but like you know, he's he's two way G League type of guy. Um, he's he obviously would be using his COVID year to come back. Um, is that correct, or is he only played three years? I don't actually. Uh, no, no, the, he's only played three years. He was 2019 class. Okay. Yep. No, that makes sense. Yeah, because Jamie was recruiting Missiana. Um, AJ Green was really solid. Um, it seems like AJ is leaning towards going back to school. Um, and going to Duke. Right, well, well, when you take an official visit right after the G League camp, it feels like a good indicator that like you know, you're you're open to the whole scene. Um, whether he goes to Duke or he goes to Iowa State feels relatively predicated on whether Trevor Keels comes back. If he Trevor Keels goes to Duke, then AJ goes to uh, Iowa State. State. But you know, we'll see. I thought I thought he held, held his own. I mean. Look, I mean the kid. The kid is not the most explosive kid in the world, but man, does he make shots! Like he is a elite level shooter, and he has such a high release. Um, like he, he's a great player. And then the Marcus Sasser discussion. I mean, it, it's the same thing for Houston. They they, they obviously need him. Um, he was he was unbelievable the first day, and I think people like saw that and like assumed that it was just gonna like continue. He was not very good the next two games. Not not that he was like bad, but he just he just he didn't pop the way he did in game one. Um, He's good enough, right? I think, again, the selling point here is, like, he's probably not going to be a first-round pick just because teams haven't really scouted him and there's uncertainty. And if he comes back and he's, you know, the best player on a number one overall team or, you know, a top 10, top five, top 10 team at worst, then, like, he's going to be a first-round pick if he shoots the ball well. And why not just do that and get NIL money? Like, that's the sell, but... You know, he was he was obviously like not really buzzed about before just because of the injury, and now that that door is open, that's something you worry about if you're if you're Houston. Uh, moving on to the NBA combine. Well, there's we got one more team to get to very quickly. Oh, okay. Kevin McCuller, who was not impressive, whatever, he's gone. Uh, Jules Bernard 
his door is open to come back. He should not come back. He's ready to play a professional basketball. Always um, been a Jules Bernard guy. Loved Jules Bernard. He was really good. Jared Roden was fine. Like you said, I mean, he's, I don't think he's quite as good a prospect as Tyrese Martin, but I think he's got a chance of maybe carving out a role. And then Pete Nance, I thought was very good. Um, but he didn't get a call up. So it's tricky. Like, is he going to get like a very solid commitment from someone to give him a two way? And if not, he should go, go play at Illinois. Like he should go through the portal and go to Illinois. He's obviously in the portal. His options are open. I think his, I think he wants to be pro, but he's a really smart kid. Like talking to him and like really like, look really grounded enough to like understand, like if the feedback isn't what he wants, he should go to the portal and go play college basketball again. And I think that that would be Illinois. So um, that is a very interesting storyline to watch is whether Pete winds up at Illinois or if he goes pro. And they could use another big. Yes. Especially one who could play the five. Yes. Even though the, the Dane hype is is that off off the chain. He'll still play regardless. Yes. Um so onto the main combine. Um, the guy who I wanted to ask you about first. Go ahead. The man of mystery, Leonard Miller. Oh. Leonard Miller is very clearly like not ready to play professional basketball games. I mean, you see the frame and you see the tools, you say, Oh yeah, but like his shot is very awkward. He doesn't look very comfortable dribbling in like his, he doesn't seem to have very much touch. He didn't really know where he was going. Like when you'd watch the drills, like it was very obvious, like all the other guys knew the drills because they played college basketball and like they kind of understood like the practice and the energy of it. And he just clearly didn't. Um, but also like, I think his agent didn't get like properly certified. So um, He's like, he doesn't have like a true agent. He's like, has like an advisor. So I think that's all like adding to the kind of mystery. Um, but I think, I mean, look, will an NBA team draft him? Probably. Um, but like the idea that he's always oh, going to be a top 15 pick. Oh, he's going to like just cruise in. Like if you spend a top 20 pick on Leonard Miller this year, you are crazy. I mean, you are crazy. These guys love mystery, you know, which we, the, the Anthony Simon stuff worked out, but I mean, even like Josh Hall, who was like a top 40 recruit, who just said, screw it, you know, I'm going to the NBA. He, he, he got a two-way his first year with OKC after going undrafted, and then nothing since. He should get uh, more than, Leonard Miller should get more than a two-way. Yeah. Because you need, him under organ, you need him under organizational control for multiple years, and you need him to be developing in your G League program. He should go to Ignite, is what Leonard Miller should do. He should play Ignite next year and then get drafted. Yeah, because I thought his, the Ignite guys looked very good. Like, Michael Foster looked miles ahead of where he was when we were watching him on film. I mean, uh, Miller's final three is Kentucky, Arizona, and Ignite. And I think you really can't go wrong with those three choices. I think he should go to Ignite. Yeah. I don't think he actually adds anything to Kentucky next year. Like, I don't think he averages double figures at Kentucky. You you would take uh, Jacob Toppin over him? Yeah. How about Jacob I, I think they would platoon. Jacob Toppin was like the seventh man on URI, yeah. an NIT URI team. Transfers to Kentucky, and everyone's like, dude, this guy is never going to play. Myself included. Yes. I was like, maybe it's like a very specific role. He'll max out at like 15 minutes a game when he's a redshirt senior. Uh, and he's 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 going to be the starting power forward for Kentucky next year. It looks like. Good for him, man. Yeah. Um, 
But the man of mystery I think that's worth investing in more than Leonard Miller is John Butler. No, 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 oh, no. Relax. Put the tape on. I watched him plenty in college. No. He's no, no. so he, he didn't he weigh in at one seventy four? That's correct. The I man, don't think he should go back to college. You're you're betting on it two years down the line, right? You're you're putting him in your program. I don't think he's gonna gain anything anything more in college basketball. He'll never be able to play center. No, he doesn't want to be a center. He's a three or a four. Watch him catch and shoot at seven foot one. It's a pretty jump shot, but he just gets bodied. He can put it on the floor. He can't guard fours. The four put the ball on the floor once. They're just putting their shoulder and getting right by. He can't play anywhere. I mean, he can't do that in college. Right, he can't play. It's the risk. (laughs) I mean, he held his own out there. Like He's tough. He played hard. Uh, He's an unbelievable kid to talk to. Like, very easy. Like, like he's going to win the interviews. Like, if I was drafting at 45, if I'm Oklahoma City, if I'm any of these teams that are, you know, in, in, in the, if I'm buying a second round pick and I'm, you know, a, a, a bad team that just kind of wants to add, add another another spot, another lottery ticket, I, I'm I'm putting some putting some chips on John Butler. I'm I'm intrigued. Oh God. All right. So I'll go through the original team rosters. This will have most of the players that are like relevant. Um, so Team Curry was supposed to have Julian Champigny, Keon Ellis, Jake Laravia, Iverson Molinar, Scotty Pippen, Julian Strother, Jalen Williams from Arkansas, uh, Trevion Williams, Tyrese Martin, and Kenny Lofton. We already talked about Tyrese, and we already talked about Kenny Lofton. Uh, Champigny's pro, Keon's pro. Uh, Laravia is open, but Laravia is going to be pro. Like, I would be first rounder. Huh? Arabia is going to be a first rounder. I don't think he's going to be a first rounder. I think it'll be early part of the second. But Champagne should be a first round. What's the difference between Champagne and Cam Johnson? Defense. Cam Johnson, a good defender? I think he's a better defender than Julian Champagne. Better foot speed. I don't even know about that. I, You're a big Champagne guy. Eh? I I think Champagne is like the big like we're just overthinking this. You know, we're like every year you get like the, the older guy who you know, like a Herb Jones or something, and it's like oh wow, his skills actually translate, and it, it's okay that he's kind of old. I think people are gonna look it up next year and be like oh wait yeah he's six foot eight and he can really shoot. Who cares that he couldn't be the number one option at St. John's and, and make them a tournament team? He's going to be our fifth option, stand in the corner, be 6'8", and knock down three-pointers. Yeah. i buy that. But uh, LaRavia, like, it kind of feels like his camp was like, wow, people, uh, everyone realized that he's really good in, like, the last month after the season ended. And we don't want to risk them rethinking that by him playing and not playing well at the Combine. So we're just going to shut him down. And... Uh, I don't know. I mean, there's a good chance I think he'll get drafted in the first 40 picks. So uh, Julian Strother did not play. He was nursing a minor injury. Um, that was unfortunate because I wanted to see how he would um, look in this setting um, because he is a kind of a fringe prospect one way or another. Um, he did do drills on Wednesday. He just didn't do – he didn't play 5-on-5. Five five. Um, 
obviously like he, you know, Gonzaga needs to come back. Um, Timmy, same deal, but like they, they really need Strother's ability to make shots, his length. Um, he's an important player for them. So that's a decision worth monitoring. And, uh, but I would not read into his not playing as a, I'm going to leave Gonzaga. Um, and then Jalen Williams from Arkansas shut it down after day one. Didn't do anything like spectacular, but the feeling around the combine was that Jalen Williams is not coming back. Well, good thing they got both Mitchell twins. Mitchells. Yeah, Mitchells. And Jalen Graham. So. Yes, but that certainly loses some of the number one overall appeal. Um, and then how did Turquavion Smith look? So Turquavion was on Team 2, which perfect segue, or Team Weaver. Um, his team was Ryan Rollins, Turquavion, Matthew Meyer, who did not play, Andrew Nemhard only played one game, Jabari Walker, Leonard Miller, Orlando Robinson, Kofi Coburn, Marcus Sasser, and Jalen Wilson. Um, Turquavion's good. I mean, I know there were, like, a lot of Bones Highland comparisons. I don't know how fair that is, but, like, it's the, the same idea, right? He has that kind of wiry frame, like a like a Bones Highland, like a Kyra Lewis. Um, he can really play, I mean, really, really score. He's got a little bit of juice in the ball screen. It sounds like the um, the intel isn't that strong on him in terms of, like, a little, like immaturity issues and things like that to work through. And obviously not winning at all last year, maybe it's a critique. But I think for teams in the t- 20s and 30s, the opportunity to go get someone as talented as he is, who can score like he can, uh, will be too good to pass up. And I'd be very surprised if he comes back. Seaburn, too, you think's out? Seaburn was pretty good. I, I think Seaburn's probably a little bit closer to 50-50, but I would lean gone as well. Man. NC State. That team's going to go 8-22, and and Kevin Keith's going to get fired by before February 1st. (laughs) Um, You're not wrong. Greg Gant to the rescue, right? Greg Gant and Jack Clark and... DJ Burns. They got Dusan Mahorchic. God, what a bleak team. Um, Ryan Rollins played like a solid floor game in game one and then sat game two. It seems it seemed from the beginning of like letting Shams do his announcement that he's going in the draft that he plans on staying in, and he didn't do anything to like dissuade me from believing that. So I think he's probably draft. Um, Matthew Meyer didn't play at the combine and then was like, "I'm going back to college." Um, there's been a lot of North Carolina buzz. I would say that maybe isn't done yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's the eventual conclusion. People are going to make too many Brady Manic comparisons just because they're white, come from the Big 12, and have bad hair. Um, they're not the same player. There is some equity there of the shooting, but Matthew Myers is a much more well-rounded offensive player and not quite the shooter that Manic is. He's also a better defender. Let's see. Jabari Walker. Was, I, I'm, a be, I'm a believer in Jabari Walker again. He was tough. He comp- competed. He's athletic. Sounds like he will stay in the draft. Uh, mentioned Leonard Miller already. Andrew Dempard is a monster, and should someone should draft in like the top 40 picks and try to make him into like Tyus Jones? Oh, well, I was going to ask you about Santa Clara Jalen Williams. It uh-huh. seems like he and Ryan he was Rollins. On, he was on team four. Uh, so we'll just skip to them briefly. Uh, he's very good. I mean, look, he's 
the the like lottery pick talk is like way out of bounds. Like it, like like Sam Vecini like it got 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 a little too excited here, uh, and like people tweeting around Sam Vecini got a little excited here. But his like his size is like breathtaking to watch as like a wing. Like like he comes out on the floor you're like holy shit, this guy's biggest. Like this, 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 this dude is huge, and he runs the floor really well. He's got good feel. He's got a high release on his jump shot. He's a, a fine shooter. Like, you know, some. It, it's a position of need for everyone. Um, Would you see, rather have Jalen Williams or Blake Wesley? They're very different. Same archetype, though. No, 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 no. Blake has some like Blake has some on ball equity. Jalen Williams is a wing. Okay. Jalen Williams is like a true wing. He wasn't initiating anything. Um so that team had him, who was obviously very impressive. Um Jared Roden, who was you know competitive. David Roddy. David Roddy struggled this week. He didn't shoot it great. Um you know, his pro day shooting number, or not, I don't know what his pro day numbers were, but his like drill shooting numbers were lower than I think they'd hoped. His body fat was worse than they had hoped. He shot two for 12 in one game and like one for six. The other game is two games playing um, was like, oh, for six total from three. Um, you know, he look, he plays really hard and he had a great year Mount, in, in the Mountain West and like will get drafted if he stays in draft. But David Roddy, from my kind of perception of situation, was looking to play his way into being a first round pick look or looking to play his way into like something he could not refuse. And I don't think he did that. Now, does that mean he still won't get that offer? We don't know, but I think it makes the decision that much more difficult and that much more 50, 50 for him. Uh, I know Colorado State's going to be able to take care of him from an analysis standpoint to a certain extent. I don't think he's about the money. I think he's truly like a, a situation and like a, a thing again, for most kids, if they're a guaranteed draft pick, they're going to stay in the draft, but be, because of who he is, or he's, if he's not going to get, you know, that true like top 35, top 40 status and get that guaranteed money. I think there's a good chance he goes back to Colorado State. I didn't think he helped himself this week. That's that's very good news for college basketball. Great for college basketball. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, we'll see. I mean, I still think it's very possible that he stays in, but he didn't play his way into being like a lock first rounder. And I think there was certainly a potential for him to do that if he had played well this week. Um there's a lot of intrigue around the league. Ron Harper, like Ron Harper outplayed David Roddy. Like, like the, so the, that, that was the thing for me, right? It was like, there were, so, so, so the, you know, there were so many of these like big wing combo forward types out there, right? I mean, even on his team alone, his team had Jared Roden, Jalen Williams, Ron Harper, Darian Sebron, uh, Justin Lewis, who didn't wind up scrimmaging. Like all of those guys are Insane. Like right, they play you know marginally different. Some are two three, some are three four, some are whatever. But the, they're 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 looking to be like the fifth guy on the floor for an NBA team. And David Roddy was probably the worst of those guys this week. Doesn't mean he is the worst prospect of them, but he was not that good. You know, like it is what it is. So how do you reconcile that if you're an NBA team and you're like, all right, do I want to draft this guy to be kind of our our plug-in like tenth man when these other guys who are I can get for a two-way are or were better than him when we watched him play. I don't know. We'll see. Um, Musa Diabate, I didn't think played very well, um, but it sounds like he is leaning in. Um, don't know that for sure. Don't. Do, I'm not reporting he's in for sure, but 
the feeling, the feeling around the NBA seemed to be like Musa was going to stay. Um, Sebron, um, I would lean yes, stays in the draft. He's he's a very good player, very interesting. Um, plays with great pace. You know, I, I think there was my perception was he was like a little bit more of like a slow, slow, slower paced guy, but he really flew up and down the floor and uh, you know made plays. And he's not a great shooter, but everything else is is very impressive. Alondis Williams had moments where he was dreadful and moments where he was terrific. I have no idea what I would do if I was an NBA team with him. I, I don't think I'm drafting him in the first round. Um, but would I draft him in, in the 30s, maybe? Um, and then Justin Lewis, like I said, they're, they're, don't don't believe Justin Lewis has a promise and that's why I wasn't playing. There was like other factors involved and um, – I still don't think Justin Lewis is going to come back to Marquette, but it's not Justin Lewis has a promise. Let's put it that way. Is that is that all all combine or is there a little bit left? A couple more players to mention here briefly. <clears throat> Christian Brown, we mentioned earlier. We skip over him. Josh Minot, I don't know that he's going to get drafted. Somebody, I mean, he's a very good athlete, right? And he's got good size. Very good athlete, no question, no question. Good size, but he's 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 very raw. On a San Vicini podcast a few months ago, he was talking about how like the market for these prospects, that you know the, the project prospects, has like completely changed. Where if you're a project, you probably shouldn't go into the draft because the first time that the team you know, needs needs to open a roster spot to make a trade or throw in some filler salary. They're always just cutting or throwing in the the, the project guy. Like like if you can't tangibly impact the game right away, you shouldn't come out. And I mean, look at Tyrell Terry, right? Great freshman year. Everyone thinks he's gonna be a first rounder. He falls to like 30, 31 or thirty two. The Mavericks cut cut him out to one year because they need his roster spot. Yeah. Well, I also think there's risk in entering and going through the draft process if you're the project. Um, like Andrew Nembhard is a good example of this. Andrew Nembhard went to the combine as a freshman. He was dreadful. And like it took NBA teams until this year to realize actually Nembhard might be good. And even like like even like I think coming into this week, there was like questions like could he be an NBA player? And then he had the best performance of anyone in the scrimmages. And it's like, all right, maybe this kid's. Legit, but you 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 do have to be you have to protect your stock. I mean, like Jalen yeah. Pickett was the same way. Like Jalen Pickett could have come back to Seattle after his freshman year, like without going to the G League camp, and had like buzz. Like people would have been talking about him. Scouts would have been rolling through Albany. Like it was like it would have been a thing to like go scout Jalen Pickett and watch him. And like maybe it would have actually like I, I still don't think Jalen ever got to a point where he was close to the NBA. But like, he would have had like the next year. Instead, instead he went to G League camp. He was the worst player there, and everyone was like, all right, like screw this guy you know he, he's never anything so uh i think you have to be careful but you know I, there's obviously entry but like I, I don't know that josh minot's getting drafted and if he is it's you know like you said it's kind of a it's a tricky situation um who else amina muhammad seems like he's staying in the draft um yeah definitely the he, he doesn't have a lot of feel you know it, it, me and jeremy we were talking about this uh my colleague over sports illustrated like when he when you watch him like he catches the ball and you you could tell he like 
he immediately has to do something with it. Like he he doesn't like he, he doesn't process the game yet, but there's some like Jay Sean Tate equity down the line uh, there to watch potentially. He plays so hard. Yes. Um, Dom Barlow. I mean, I'm I'm intrigued, I guess. Uh, and then the one like last guy who's drafted. Well, he's he's Dr. grown. Yes. He looks physically Barlow very impressive. Barlow is like pretty huge now. Yes. Yeah, and his shooting improved. So that's. Yes. I mean, he was like a top 75 recruit. You know, he wasn't even like a mm-hmm. guy on the radar. And the last guy is Drew Timmy. Drew Timmy, like, I, like clearly is not like an NBA player watching him. Like, he's 16% body fat and, uh, you know, can't really guard in space, whatever. But Drew Timmy also made like six threes this week during game action. Like, looks really comfortable picking and popping. And if Drew Timmy comes back to Gonzaga and is like a legit pick and pop big man, it's probably pretty scary for college basketball teams. Does that, we shall see. Does that conclude our combine segment? Yeah, a little more than people probably wanted, but hey, that's the hey, game. You were you were on the ground, li- oh, live reporting. You know, it, was I ever? Well, why don't we hit the, the? Why don't we hit that one commitment from the combine? But as a good jump starter, you mentioned Kevin McCuller. Uh, he commits to Kansas. Withdraws in the draft after, um, again, not an overly impressive performance at the G League camp. Um, Kansas's roster still in a bit of flux, but Kevin McCuller was a guy, and I, I think I, I said this about um, Isaac Likely too. Like, there's not like a team in America that couldn't find a use for Kevin McCuller. Absolutely, he's six I mean, foot six. He's long. He's a good passer. He's a good defender. He can kind of make shots, and. Uh, He's played in the NCAA tournament. Sign him up. Yeah, he can play two, three, or four uh, on this Kansas team. Um, probably see Dewan Harris starting at, at the point. I'm, I'm guessing you'll see Zach Clements starting at the five. And then if Wilson comes back, slide him at the four. And you have McCuller, uh, who gives you some, some glue guy, but – He's like a super glue guy where he can hit shots, he can handle the ball, he, he, he can score a little bit off the bounce. Um, and then you can play him with one of their five-star freshmen, Grady Dick or MJ Rice, who are both known as kind of shooters and scorers. Uh, you can do a lot of different different looks with this Kansas team. And they should, I mean, if if one of Wilson and Brown comes back, they should be a top ten team again. If not close. Yeah, I mean, a hundred percent. I mean, you get one of those. I mean, two of them, I think you can make a good case for top five, particularly with McCuller. I mean, if you're two, three, fours, Christian Brown, McCuller, and Jalen Wilson, um, I mean, that's good. You know, Bobby Pettiford, I think, has a chance to make an impact. Um, Joe Yesifu in year two as a transfer? Yeah, man. Brad, Providence Friar Brad is, is over here talking up the year two transfer. Well, I, no, I, who, who, who was the first guy I did that with? I'm trying to think. There was someone specifically where I was like, I know, I know for a JUCOs it was Jay Crowder. Yes. He really exploded in year two with JUCO. But. Um, but yeah, McCullough to Kansas made sense. It was kind of buzzed about. They beat Gonzaga for him. Um, so that you know that that makes sense. Um, Did we do? Oh, one other combine name. One one other combine name, just briefly. That 
did not that is important Sergio decision that did not play but is, is worth talking about would be Dalen Terry. Um, oh yes, big name in in that kind of Sergio category. Uh, I, I got a quote from him. He said, you know, I owe, my, I owe it to myself to be here at the combine. If I can sneak in there and be a sleeper, be a first rounder, that's what I'll do. But if not, I'm going to go back to Tommy. We're going to have a big smile and I have a better year. So um, if the buzz around there was like, he was looking for a promise. Um, will he get one? We shall see. He's an in- infectious personality, like an unbelievable kid. Um, so that's, that's a big one to watch. No question. Did we do Hassan Giard at UConn last week? I don't believe we did. Well, they get their sixth man. I think if you were trying to pick what type of player you wanted, I think you probably wanted someone who was a little more of a scorer, had some pop off the bench. I mean, you can't go wrong with a very good glue guy, can play multiple positions, super tough, can handle the ball, uh, so he functions as that backup point guard, and he can play you know, one through three. With his toughness, it was solid. Texas A&M, they had a bunch of similar guys to him, so um, he's really the only kind of physical glue guy guard on, on UConn. I mean, UConn doesn't have a ton of guards to begin with, uh, so he'll he'll definitely play. He'll definitely bolster this bench, and I think I think UConn probably should be a top twenty-five team for everybody, but I doubt they're going to be picked that way. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's a little bit of a question with Tristan Newton. You know, he is in that, like, caliber of transfer where the, the range of outcomes is relatively large, um, where if if he turns out poorly uh, and winds up being, like, a six-point-a-game guy, that this team all of a sudden kind of lacks juice in the backcourt. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, if he's, you know, all-conference level, then this team is very legit because they have shooting, they have size, they have athleticism, they have a big man who's a star in Adama Sanogo, uh, and and DR is just like an easy kind of plug and play uh, contributor. So no uh, no objections to this one. It just kind of works well. Uh, I'll give I'll do one Florida with Kyle Lofton. Uh, interesting recruitment saga there. Um, him and Oshuno Shuni took their official visits together to Florida. Uh, they then separated and each went on their own official visits to, uh, I believe Lawson went to Purdue and Rutgers and Oshun went to Iowa state. Um, the view kind of before the official visit was like, Oh, these guys are a package. And then they stopped being a package. Uh, and Kyle went to Florida and Oshun went to Iowa state. Uh, Iowa state does have Jaron Holmes. They do have Jaron Holmes. So he paired with the wrong, uh, the wrong bodyguard. Um, but Kyle, Kyle often gives Florida uh, the starting point guard that he needed. You know, they needed again. He's not the most explosive player in the world um, off the bounce, but they didn't have a point guard on the roster other than Trey Bonham. And I think this was you know, obviously an important addition and, and another strong one for Todd Golden out of the board. And uh, Riley Kugel is making his commitment tomorrow, I believe, down to Florida, LSU, and Georgia. I know the buzz. Early, you know, when when he decommitted from Mississippi State was Florida, because uh, I believe he's high school teammates with Denzel Aberdeen, their three-star freshman. I don't know if that's. He still... was also recruited to Mississippi State by Corey McRae, who's now on staff of Florida. There you go. But yeah, Florida should be good. They'll, they'll be in good shape. Still looking for a big. We mentioned maybe Keon Brooks. So uh, I don't know what the what the play is. Next, we... why don't we just do Oshuni while we're here? Okay. Um, 
Can can Hassan Ward do the uh, the Desi cells? Do the I think Academy? he might be playing the four. Uh, so, I think so, they might so just we, go we're, out there we're with play, we're playing blockers. on we're, we're playing on no shooting here. Well, they'll have Holmes, Kalsher, Caleb Grill come off the bench. Can a Jeremiah Williams shoot? I don't remember. Not really. Eh. They're but going hey, shot block. The uh, the portal giveth, the portal taketh. There is though with with Iowa State, there's a kind of a weird front court logjam now, right? Where you have, I mean, Robert Jones was the starting center on a Sweet 16 team. Um, you just added o- Robert O'Shuni. Jones is not very good. Right. Sure. Oh, Oshuni's going to start. You have yes. Hassan Ward, who should is a starting caliber high major player. You, you yeah, he, he he he's a role player though. I mean, he was a role player even at yeah, he's, uh, shop blocker defense. That's what you want. You're big. Um, and then they also have Aliaz Kunk or Kuntz, who had a great year as a glue guy for man. And then they have Trey King over from. Well, he never played at Georgetown, but he was at Georgetown briefly. So you got five dudes there in that front court. So right, and Trey King can play the four. Ward, I guess you play the four. I mean, I, I think again, the problem you're going to run into here is if you don't, is if you don't get AJ Green, uh, then you're very, very reliant in your backcourt on Jeremiah Williams, but also Eli King, the freshman. And it worked out well with Tyrese Hunter last year, but there's just a, like a lack of shooting, a lack of shot making, and Jaron Holmes, quite frankly, shot the ball really poorly um, this past season. So, um, we'll see. I mean, it's it's a funky roster. Uh, it definitely feels like it has been built like piece. Like like there are some teams where like it seems like they had a plan coming into the offseason. They attacked it with the portal and filled the needs. Iowa State has very much been like, well, this player is available and we can get him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and part of that is the roster turnover. Of, like Tyrese Hunter goes in the portal like a month after the season ends. Um, you know, Brockington obviously was going pro as it was. Um, you know, they, they've had some like funky roster turnover and they had coaching changes on the, on the staff. They were already dealing with kind of the, the, the back end of, of, of a rebuild, like, like on the fly. Um, and, and so all of those things kind of feed into that, but this has very much been like, well, Jaron Holmes is out there and we can get him. Scoop him up folks. Jeremiah Williams is out there and we have a bunch of scholarships. Scoop him up. Let's, let's rock. Why not? Give it a go. So. Well, I mean, and also guys enter the portal at different times. So right. if Ashuna Shunini was in the portal day one, they're, and, and and they can get him, they're probably not taking Sam Ward. Correct. Correct. Um, uh, ne- next guy I want to talk about under the radar. Uh, Brandon Weston, the URI, top 100 recruit, four years of eligibility because he yeah. redshirted last year. Archie's looking to add guys with multiple years of eligibility. I think they're two pieces away in the front court. I think they definitely need a veteran five, if there's even one for them to take. Uh, and then maybe another kind of combo forward to come off the bench as well. Yeah, they, they're very thin in the front court, no question. Two two freshmen, and then Abdu Sam. Who were redshirted last year. Yeah. Yes, but um, I mean, I, I, I agree with you that the mentality of you know here 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 are these young guys we have Brayon Freeman, Ishmael Lejet, 
Brandon Weston, Sebastian Thomas, and then any of these freshmen to kind of roll out, you know, roll out this core. That's very intriguing. Uh, and, and most of these guys are, are, are stuck. You know, they transferred once that they're, they're here to stay. So, you know, you obviously, you obviously need talent and that's a hard thing to balance, but I think they've done a nice job with the, They have enough without being like over the top. And they have some long-term play here. So, I mean, I, I think maybe some people would have perceived like, oh, maybe Archie's going to go try to quick flip this in one year and get a high major, but it seems like he's, he's got a multi-year, multi-year vision here. I, the uh, freshman center that they added, Fumenia, he was like top 150 type of guy. So, I mean, that was, that was a solid add too. It uh, seemed like they, didn't they package him and Rory Stewart together? They were, they, the they were on the same prep team. So, yes. Well, because Rory, so Rory Stewart was going to go to a division two school. Uh, and then URI offered late, which may or may not have been a Fumena play. Hey, the all the, we'd offer him two scholarships method. Next up. I don't know if you know anything about this guy, but I Tommy guess. Lloyd struck again on the international market. No, I don't know anything about him. Henri Vazar, 6'10", big man. Um, but th- this probably tells me they're not getting Abigidi because they have Balo and Anderson as well at the five. Um, think for Arizona, is this going to be, will Dale and Terry come back? In which case, they should be very, very good once again. Top 10 good. Um, and then I think they want their backup point guard to be a reclass of Kylan Boswell, you think? Or maybe they can add a transfer later. Bring bring another guy over from Europe. We'll see. This feels like a very big uh, Brad thought, uh, but I'm just going to toss it out into the abyss. Do you think Arizona fans don't enjoy falling recruiting? Because you got to come in and you're like, I have no idea what this guy is, and all I know about him is like Jonathan Gavoni seems to think he's good. I it's think like not fun. I think it's not fun. Maybe they're bought in. You know, maybe they're like watching FIBA U18 games. You know, it's like plowing down film. I don't know. Who knows? Um, I've got a transfer for you. Uh, this one was like oil and water. Uh, personality-wise. But then I looked at the roster, and I kind of dig it. Trey Mitchell to West Virginia. Oh, I don't like this hat. <laughs> you don't? I don't because the Bob Huggins big man, I, I, you know, maybe this is re- recency well, bias. Culver. Right, right, but Derek Culver and Trey Mitchell are the exact opposite, right? And that's, like, kind of what I'm saying is, like, Mitchell's, like, a finesse big. He wants the ball. He wants to score. Where Culver was just eating the glass, and he was just physical. And, I mean, Derek you know, Culver wanted touches. He was a touch-heavy guy. Around around the rim, you know, he was a a physical player. Mitchell's a jump shooter. Mitchell and and Mitchell just quit Mitchell a Texas team where he was a starter. You know? Well, I, I guess I view it from this perspective. Trey Mitchell should be the number one offensive op- option for this team. And the idea of this team being like Joe Toussaint, Eric Stevenson, like, look, if this team was Joe Toussaint, Eric Stevenson, Kedrian Johnson, uh, Emmett Matthews, and then 
Jimmy Bell. Right. Scrappy, you know, hugging center, you know, the poly poly cap mold. This team is not very good. There's at least like now there's like to me, like watching it right now, I can like see a vision. I'm like, all right, like they're going to have this skilled offensive center who can, you know, be, be complimented by these like, Juco guys who are bringing in, um, you know, around him up in the front court. Emmett Matthews to be like a toughness power forward to go with him. And then these three guards. Right. Like I can see a vision here. I don't, you know, I still don't love the roster, but I think it's a lot better now than it was. And, you know, again, I I think the biggest question is like, why, why would you ever like, like you quit on Chris Beard and you're going to go play for Bob Huggins. And he was a starting center and he was like, well, well, my role wasn't consistent. Like what? (laughs) Like, you're one of two centers in the whole team, man. You're playing tone. But he's clearly, like, a big 12 caliber player, you know. Skill-wise. He's clearly very gifted. I kind of am okay with this. Next, we have a move that John Rothstein was, like, falling over himself about, and that's Alexis Yetna's back at Seton Hall. I mean, this... This was a perfect fit for Seton Hall. I mean, we were talking about last week how they were just going after, like, the dregs of the portal to be their backup center. Um, and, they, and instead, they get a guy who can start if needed. He can come off the bench, can play the four and the five. Shoots, shoots too many jumpers, but he's a great rebounder. I think he fits in really well with the Samuel Jackson, the Tyree Samuel, Trey Jackson, and Dre Davis front court. I like this mix. I don't know if... This is quite enough talent for an NCAA tournament team, but I love their top eight of veteran multi-positional guys. Yeah, it helps. I mean, no question. Yetin is like a proven. It's one of those like I, I never, I don't come away with this like, oh man, wow. But it's like that's because I don't come away from Alexis Yetin. Like, wow, he's like he's fine. He's good enough. Uh, he'll be a plug-and-play guy, and like you said, I mean, compared to what was out there in the portal, that's very nice. It's a very, uh, it's a very helpful addition uh, to your team. I also must say that, like, I can't imagine going from two like more like culturally different coaches than going from Brian Gregory and like a racism scandal at uh, South Florida to eventually playing for Shaheen Holloway. Just like wildly different people. Well, it wasn't Brian Gregory, right? It, 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 was, his right, it was his assistant. This is assistant. Alexis Yetna last year um, averaged in 24 minutes a game, eight points and eight and eight rebounds a game. In in the Big East for a top 30, 35 team, I would doubt most transfers are that quality player. Right. No question. Yeah. Um. Speaking of Seton Hall, how about a guy leaving Seton Hall being one of two additions for the former coach of Seton Hall, Kevin Willard? Kevin Willard added Donald Carey and Jahari Long this week. Um, now, you you were quick to defend the Jahari Long move, which on paper looks a little bit bad Getty. You know, it's like, all right, we're taking a we're basically taking the, the second slash third string backup guy um, with me from Seton Hall to Maryland. But with the deeper look. I do think there's some equity to this. 
They need a backup point guard. And if he's good enough, he could be your starter down the line. And if he's not, you can always just recruit another point guard. Um, and then Donald Carey had been rumored to Maryland. So, like, I don't really feel the need to, like, overly beat the horse here. But very, very good shooter. Six foot five, can handle the ball. Uh, plug and play starter for this team. And Maryland's in good shape. They just need a center. It looks like maybe it could be Effie Abagidi, um, who's down at like Arizona. They were, the mix, they were in the mix with Josh Mbala, who wound up at Buffalo, or from Buffalo, who wound up at Ole Miss, which is a complete waste. Yeah, Ole Miss is doing weird, weird stuff. Uh, that's but that's another team. He could have went to Florida and started. He could have went to Maryland and started. It's like, I'm going to go to Ole Miss. But uh, like, it sounds like, like I would say, Ole Miss is looking, another team that's adding as they go along. Yes. Whoever they can get. It sounded like he was just looking for numbers, and Ole Miss was the place that was going to let him stat collect. That was what I was told by a source. Stat collected in his 20 minutes a game, splitting with Jamin Brakefield and Theo Akuba and whoever else hey, they added. In it. Hey, man. Just just the messenger. Well, yeah, so the Maryland backcourt had two – Really nice shot-making guards with Young and Carey. They're bringing back their wings, Hart and Scott. Gives them a little versatility, a little uh, multi-positional action. And then if they can add an athletic big like Abigidi, uh they could have fl- flipped it into a tournament team potentially in, in, in just one year. Uh, we should but- be careful. We should be careful. We said we were going we to swear ourselves off of doing this, overhyping the grad transfer point guard. You're right. Got to be careful here. We we have to knock them down, knock them down and, five and, to ten spots. Just just, just at least five spots in the rankings. Yeah. Um, if you feel but, like they're top twenty-five, they're really top thirty. Exactly. <laughs> the thing with with Long though, right? Because when I was looking at this roster before I, I had even thought of Jahari Long even being at the portal, let alone uh, an option for Maryland, I was like, you know, they could really use a freshman point guard. And I was like, oh, like the best one left is like Bryce Lindsey, who had decommitted from South Carolina. Uh, he's like borderline top 100, and, and I and I went to his Twitter and he 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 like liked some 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 Maryland stuff. I was like, oh, I think I think they're gonna get Bryce Lindsey, and then I saw Jahari Long's list of like Tulane, North Texas, and Maryland, and I was like, you know what? Well, at first I was like, oh, oh why is it Maryland just getting a freshman? I was like, wait a second, Jahari Long is a freshman because his first year was was COVID, so that doesn't count for anybody. Last year, he was out the whole year with a leg injury. So he still has four years of eligibility left. He's going to be... You texted me, quote, I have a scorching hot take. Jahari Long to Maryland is a good get. He has more because... eligibility than he knows what to do with. He already has... I mean, he's been in college for two years. He has four years left right now. Um, he He's familiar with Willard, obviously. Willard was giving him rotation minutes before he got hurt. Um, he's got a lot of size. He can play with either guard. And the way Willard complained about not having him, he owes it to us to see the Jahari Long experiment through. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Huh. Well, uh, what's next? Um, we could do LSU rounded out their roster with Sean with Phillips. Sean Phillips. It's, kind of, it's kind of boring, but yeah, he's but like their fourth center. Same idea, balance out their starting to balance out. Yeah, they have too many young centers, but 
Um, what about this New Mexico ad? They added Josiah Alick, him and, and Morris Udeze in the front court, a couple of transfers. The backcourt is we know is solid with Jalen House and Jamal Mashburn. Your man Donovan Dent got moved into the top 150. My man, Donovan Dent. And, and, and they have all their bigs who played last year basically coming back. So um, their depth should be improved. The talent level should be improved. Are yeah. we buying any upper mobility for, for the Lobos? Uh, to an extent. I'm not like – I'm not overly – I'm not excited about it. Like, like, like uh, I'll put it this way. I, I've seen some people, like, being like, oh, yeah, I'm like, New Mexico – Mostly New Mexico fans, but you know, like we should be like top three or four in the Mountain West. It's like, nah, let's let's slow down. But one, there's always one team in the Mountain West that like exceeds expectation. So keep that in mind. Uh, I still don't think they're gonna guard anyone. I don't think Josiah Alec is very good either. But they have very good guards and they have a competent front court now. And they did not have a competent front court the other day. So this. This next one was kind of a, a weird at weird as well. Uh, Ricky Council to Arkansas. I, Arkansas really went with kind of like more under the radar transfers for for a place that's known for you know this big transfer haven. And now they've had a ton of success with like JD Note was like as uh, anonymous as they come. You know some of the guys that he had at Nevada. Um, right. Yeah. You know, Treshawn Terman was super anonymous. Jordan I Caroline. Mean, Rick, Rick yeah. Ca- we should be careful. Like, Ricky Council is like a combo forward who made like makes threes and averaged 12 points a game in the American. You know, like like Ricky Council's good, and like will be very good fit for Arkansas. I think I was, he probably starts right. Yeah. yeah so so probably going with um, two of. Well, 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 definitely Nick Smith's going to start. He's now like the number one player in the class. Uh, so the other guard spot between Devo Davis and Anthony Black. The other one's going to play a ton. Anthony Black. Then you got Council. And then the front court, probably starting Jalen Graham and Jordan Walsh. And you also have Trayvon Brazil coming over from Missouri. Big athletic forward who showed a lot of promise in year one. And you have the Mitchell Twins, who are both SEC caliber guys. You know, they can play. It's just at, attitude and fit has always been the question with them. Uh, I I don't necessarily think Arkansas is like a lock for number one or top five. Like I think most people have them. I think, I think top all, five is fair. Top ten is probably where I want them. But aren't all of Smith, Black, and Walsh playing U18? Yes. Or, or they're going or, to camp. Yeah, trying out. So hopefully we can see them a little bit more in person and we can uh, get a better look on this upcoming Arkansas team. Um, I do wonder if maybe some of the like more understated portal operating has something to do with not pissing off the three McDonald's All-Americans oh. coming in. I don't know that, that for a be. fact, but that just kind of feels like a thing of like, hey, we just or and also maybe the coffers eventually ran out. Like we had to, you know, like we we had to we had to choose who we were gonna pay because we're paying enough guys. I think uh, I think Jalen Graham's a pretty big portal name it's just he was he just, in and out quick. in and out yes yeah thank you uh um, but like the mitchells were they're like wait a, 
you know, because they were a package deal. Their time at URI was, you know, they, they were the best players on, on, on URI, but that team cratered. Uh, Trayvon Brazil was like an interesting prospect for a bad Missouri team. And then Ricky Council was in the portal late, and like he was, he has his believers. I'm not 100% sold, but that was not a very good Wichita team either. So. Yes. Um, do you want to do DePaul? Sure. I'm just, I'm just scrolling as fast as I can, trying to find stuff. So DePaul um, did. Well, I, I have, I have one random hilarious bad get again of Oregon State taking sloppy seconds from Arizona State. Yes. <laughs> Wayne Tinkle is addicted. Wayne, Wayne Tinkle goes in the portal and he sees a kid who averaged two points a game in another high major school. He says he has to have it. I got to have it. Wayne Tinkle is literally the worst, like, power <laughs> eight school in the portal. Like, Duquesne <laughs> and South Florida and East Carolina are, like, running circles around him in the portal. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, South Florida got Tyler Harris, who was a rotation player on Memphis. Yep. Keyshawn Bryant, who was like a longtime starter for South Carolina. They've got somebody else, too. Um, I can't think of it off the top of my head. Like, those two ads are way better than anyone that Oregon State's ever added in the portal. Except for, like, Worth Altiche. And Worth Altiche wasn't even, like, that good a get on paper. And, and he came back to earth last year, too. Well, aren't he can't shoot. surrounded by other players, yeah. Yeah. I remember the people hyping him as an NBA player. Couldn't believe what I was seeing. That wasn't me, was it? No, 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 no. That was me. I was a big LT show guy. Well, you, 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 you were better about it than other people. Well, I'll give you credit. He's, he's, he's very athletic, but um, you wanted to touch on DePaul? Yeah, we, we, we should get to them because they, they made some moves. They got Umoja Gibson and Caleb Murphy. Uh, so we're crowding this backcourt without question. Um, I'm not convinced that this team will be any good. They're they're raising their floor. Oh, I don't know I mean, much yeah. about Murphy. I mean, I mean Murphy's not a shooter. He's got very good size. Um, like is he definitely gonna start? Like you figure Gibson's definitely starting. He can really shoot. He's a good defender. He's very experienced. Jalen Terry was a starting point guard last year. Zion Cruz is a top 50 recruit. Even like Ahmad Bynum is a top 100 recruit for redshirted last year. So they have a bunch of guards. And they have two really, they, they have a very good five man in Nick Ganda, and probably one of the best backup centers in the country in your and I. It's just really coming down to that four spot. If they're going to play right, super there's small. No, well, well, they love the, they, they do occasionally like to play the, the Twin Towers. And I'm getting together, yeah. Can you imagine if they run out like three small guards and then two monsters just like and just play like three two zone and let those guys just like hawk. <laughs> I mean, um, if 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 Tyon Grant Foster is back and healthy. Right. I, I have no idea. And they still have another roster spot where, where they can go and get try to get an upgraded power forward. I'm not sure who's out there. Keon Brooks, maybe. Um, hey, they're in the mix. One of the 16. It's a weird group, though. Very weird. It did another like we took what we could get, you know. Yeah. Um, I, another team that I think was doing the same exact thing was Georgetown. They had a Brian Monzone or, or, or a Bryson Monzone. Do you know anything about him? I guess he's a shooter. 
I saw the name Bryson Mazone go into the portal like in the days leading up to the deadline. And I was like, let's Google him to see if he was a guy who averaged like nine points a game that Sienna could go recruit. And I saw he averaged 15 and had decent numbers. And I said, eh, probably he's going to go high major. Feels very Georgetown-y, though. No question. And I see a lot of people talking about how a Cook a Cook is going to transform their defense. Yeah. Like, a Cook a Cook's not a good defender. He's, like, an incredible defender in theory. And, like, maybe old a Cook a Cook was a great defender, like, pre-injury. But, like, he gets bodied by opposing bigs. And I don't think he's got the best lateral foot speed to stay with perimeter guys. I think he's kind of stuck. He's going to play, though. I mean, he's like the only four on this roster. So. I mean, we'll see some Brandon Murray in the four, too. But. One, I do think they're going to get cute swap back. I think that's, like, inevitable to a certain extent. Yeah, especially if Maryland gets Abigail. I wouldn't be surprised if that move happens, like, very shortly. So. Uh, because there are there are no openings right now, but I think I saw Georgetown fans speculating that Malcolm Wilson's going to shut it down, which would give him that open spot. Which also makes the Bradley shut it down, Malcolm. The Head Bradley down. as go, as go, a wheelo, go, go be the backup center in, in the MAC or something. I mean, come on, come on, buddy. Maybe he really likes Georgetown. Yeah. But the Bradley as a wheelo ad was just kind of, you know, at the time it was like, oh, maybe that's all there was. Maybe I guess they're rolling with him. Uh, but if they get Kudus Wahab, it was kind of like huge waste. But so waiting um, on two guard for Minnesota. Oh, yeah, um, Dom Welsh, Alabama. Feels uh feels funky. Alabama's I, just been like biding their time, waiting for like a a wing so i didn't really even peg them as a team that needed a wing i mean they just darius kept calling miles them play- so i assume they were yeah darius miles played a lot you're getting namari burnett back uh off injury rylan griffin was top 50 recruit uh, another top 50 recruit who's been recruited over or or, or at least he's he's close to that um and then brandon miller is going to play some four as well but i mean he's a five star so but they they got some shooting on the wing very, very deep team on paper as well. Yes. Um, no, I mean, no, no objections here. Uh, it seemed like it was between Alabama and Texas Tech for Mr. Welch. I don't really know where he fits better. Both were, like, kind of unnecessary. Mississippi State not looking so bad anymore. They got Shaquille Moore and DJ Jeffries. Out of the portal. Uh, they're a couple pieces away, but they shouldn't be terrible. You know, I, I, I'm I'm a huge uh, Shaquille Moore guy. So, um, the big question there is Isaiah Mosley, correct? Yes. It was between Mississippi State and Kansas, it seemed like, and he has crystal ball action for for Mississippi State, and Kansas just got Kevin McCullough. So then that team would be like Deshaun Davis, Shaquille Moore, Shaquille Moore, Isaiah Mosley, DJ Jefferies, and Tolu Smith. And Tolu Smith with 
Eric Reed. Kamani Hamilton's a top 125 recruit. That's that's a combo. The the depth here is still shaky. Uh, Some of these guys that transferred out, unless they were told they couldn't come back, I don't quite know what they're doing. Like, what? Why are like Anderson Garcia and Alden Applewhite and all these guys like scattering to get worse roles? Anderson Garcia went to Texas A&M, which does not make any sense for either party. They literally recruited over him like two days later. They got Dexter Dennis. Which I guess that's a good segue. Yeah, that's a great segue. Well, I, and unless you want to do the Alden Applewhite to Portland take. That's, that's you. You're a big Portland guy. A big, very, very random addition, given that Portland like seemingly exclusively recruits like stiff white dudes who make shots. But Alden Applewhite played at Arizona Compass Prep, and Jerry Pope on the staff at Portland was the former head coach at Arizona Compass Prep. So there's your connection, my friends. Uh, yeah, A&M. They've been doing some odd shit. Don't really know what AM's doing right now. Could could be a build as we go team. I liked the KK Robinson ad. And I I'm yeah, fine no, with no the Dexter downside. Dennis ad. No downside. Yeah. Fine with the Dexter Dennis ad. I, I, I just don't get the Garcia and Dennis. I'm, I mean, the whole thing with them is always like, oh, they're just going to kind of load up with like toughness dudes. Here's a, here's a question. Is, is, is Jalen Johnson coming back for year seven? I don't know. But Texas A&M is currently over according to my count. Then I would imagine that Jalen Johnson's not coming back. Yeah. Jalen's going to go get a job. Join the <laughs> workforce. It's, uh, it's, probably, it's probably better to play college basketball than take an entry-level job. Hey, definitely better than play college basketball. Um, but I mean, like, look, I do think that there is some like upside. And again, portal versus high school, whatever. Like, there is some upside if you're a team like AM, where it's like we have, you know, we're, we're going to take an old guy and a new guy all at once, like Anderson Garcia and Dexter Dennis. And Dennis is our short-term solution, and Anderson Garcia is our long-term solution, right? Like that. That made a lot more sense when there was sit-out transfers. Oh yeah. Like when, like when Providence well, took right, that's the question. Juan Pipkins and Jared Bynum at the same time. Right. That's the question, though, is like, it, are, are the Anderson Garcias who are going to show up and then not play and then transfer again? Yeah. Or are they just going to be like, all right, well, uh, you know, I'm biding my time here. And if they were going to buy their time, why wouldn't they just stay at the location? I don't really know. Yeah. And if they do buy their time, are they just going to recruit it over next spring when we're like, well, we have this unproven guy, Anderson Garcia, or we can recruit, you know, next year's Dexter Dennis. Exactly. The, the coach feels obligated to not just kind of let it ride for your seventh man. You know, try to shore that up. Oh yeah. Which we have two kind of moves similar to that. Um, or just kind of adding guys, just kind of way way off the radar. Uh, Temple got Taj Thwet, who was at West Virginia, went to Coastal Carolina, but never played at Coastal, and now is off the Temple to bolster their bench. I, I don't Tem- know how much Temple he could is. Do. Temple's got to be down down near the bottom in the uh, the port, portal navigating rankings as well. Yeah, the, even with their defections, they still had a couple like pretty good players back, like Khalif Battle, Damian Dow. Which they Khalif Battle was a good transfer. Yeah, that, but they're big on like, all right, man, we got a guy who can play ten minutes a game at UCF. Let's ride. You yeah, know? I mean he's probably their starting center 
uh, Jamil Reynolds. It's, and then you, you know, heard John Cooch. They, they got they got two centers. Yes. They got a combo forward who's never played. And and, and I look at this roster and I say they they need another guard. But well, they lost the starting guard and haven't even like attempted to replace him. Right. So we'll see if scene. there's still it's a move a wild out there. Scene. For, um, and then for St. Louis, they added Jake Forrester, who was from Temple um, and Indiana, who I really liked coming out of high school. He was very athletic, played the four yes. and the five. His shooting never really came along, and like his uh, overall perimeter game never really developed, I guess. But I don't really see how he fit on St. Louis roster. They just kind of added a piece of their bench, I guess. I, hey, man. I, I I love Travis Ford. Tra- Travis Ford never stops. Travis Ford rolls up and he says, "Well, we got a scholarship. All right, let's bolster to the bench. Let's get let's get the backup point guard. Let's get the DeAndre Jones. Let's get the Jake Forrester in there. You know, they need some experience up front. Well, they had up there. they had Francis Okoro. They had Martin Linson. Uh, and then the four they got Javante Perkins and Fred Thatch. So they had a ton of experience. and they just added uh. Mustafa Cisse, who decommitted from SMU. And they have Javon Pickett as like a three or four, yeah. Hey, man. They got a lot of dudes. Is Martin Linson back, though? I Has Martin Linson been in college for like eight years? Maybe he's not. Maybe that's why they had Martin Linson was a 2017 high school product, so. So, so was Makai Ashton Langford. And, and, uh, feels possible, him. at least, that Martin Linson is not back. Well, if he's not back, then the move makes more sense. It's, it's always tough with these depth charts now. I mean, um, did uh, we ever do Mila Jail Poteet to Virginia Tech? Oh, another another great example of the uh, the big man market being way overheated. So presumably I'm like they're the gonna ba- start. I'm like the backup least. center at Rice going to the going to the high major. They're gonna start probably Grant Grant Basile and Justin Mutz, yeah. and then Poteet off the bench. Um, it's funny because uh, Patrick Wessler, when he committed to Virginia Tech, he cited immediate playing time. Uh, I yeah. don't think there's immediate playing time anymore there, Patrick. Um, well, which it's it's the day day and age of the portal, right? Day and age. How about SMU, who continues to just do very odd things in the portal? <laughs> uh, so so SMU has added arguably five power forwards and centers from the portal. Yes. In fairness, they had no other like centers on the roster. Like, they, they were totally what out. What about Franklin Aguane? Frank, Frank Aguane couldn't get off the, get on the floor in the Missouri Valley. So, so they've, they've added uh, intriguing, you know, former elite recruit Xavier Foster who had a sexual assault case that was dropped. Uh, and he, he became available for regular schools to take. Um, aka not just UTEP and uh, New Mexico State. Uh, so yeah, Xavier Foster's there. He's been there for a while. They took Keon Ambrose Hilton, which felt like a little bit of a reach, but you know, That's was fun. a former top 150 recruit. We'll roll the dice. Sam Williamson on a one-year deal. Uh, FAODG uh, from uh, Troy by way of UTEP, 6'7", 250-pound kind of burly forward. Uh, who can really play on the block and was first team all Sun Belt this past year. Uh, and then Mo Nije uh, from Eastern Michigan, who is one of those big men that, like, because he was productive, as, somewhat productive as a freshman, even on a dreadful team, because he's a big man, 
there was plenty of interest. So uh, their front court now is like very funky. They've also added like one guard in the portal, being Ricardo Wright, the second best guard on Marist this past year. And right now they're full. I'm a little, I mean, little 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 confused as to what we're doing. Like, is Sam Williamson playing the two? I think it's going to be Zurich, Zurich Phelps, Phelps starving at the point. I think it's going to be Phelps. I mean, Phelps was like a top two fifty recruit. Um, I don't know how he played last year. I think he did okay. Uh, but you got Phelps and Nuttall in the backcourt, but then Williamson, Ambrose, Hilton, and Foster, or Williamson, o- ODJ, and Foster. Um, it's not a team that inspires a ton of confidence, I don't think. Uh, I think instead of Mo Inji, they should have gotten a guard, but I I don't think that, that this is a tournament team. No, not not in the slight. I mean, I don't think this is an IT team. This feels like South Florida 2020, uh, 21, 22. No, come on. Xavier Foster is, is, it is a way better, and, and the Sam Williamson are way better prospects than anybody at South Florida. You, you're telling me that you're equating Russell Chewa and Baron Matos with Xavier Foster? I don't think the listeners care. Well, then what are they doing here? Um, <laughs> Here's one for us. Uh, John Ojiako, George Mason, who did not really need He's a guard. Yeah. Yeah. So 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 George Mason is just going to be like massive next year. Like Justin Fernandez is a monster physically. They added Saquon Singleton. He's like the long athletic wing point guard. Devontae Gaines is massive. Uh, Victor Bailey has decent size. He's six foot four. Uh, you have, you know, you have all these big guys, and you have randomly five ten Devin Dinkins. Uh, but like they're, they have, they have, they have like one too many centers. Like Malik Henry should be a uh, meandering out of town. Malik Henry should go be the backup center somewhere. Good, you know, like, like, like Sienna should tell Eduardo Lane to kick rocks and to take Malik Henry off of George Mason's hands. Um, but either way. I mean, John Ojiako is like a like a competent ACC center, so that means he's really. Would you not have said he was competent? No, I would have said he was. He couldn't go off the bench. I mean, he wasn't competent enough to start, but I thought he was like a capable ten minute a game guy. Like I thought, like when I watched John Ojiako play, I was not like, oh my god, this guy is dreadful. Okay. I mean, I I don't quite know the plan here. Like, is the plan that we're making Joshua Duro the four? Is this just the plan to give Joshua Duro a backup? I don't quite understand. I quite. I don't quite know. Regardless, though, like Victor Bailey, Davon Cooper, Devontae Gaines, Justin Fernandez, Joshua Duro, with John Ojiaco, Saquon Singleton, and Devin Dinkins off the bench, a pretty good team. A lot of size, a lot of athleticism. Victor Bailey should talent. be a great shot maker. Yeah. yeah. We'll Speaking of Victor Bailey's old stomping grounds, oh, yeah. Tennessee added three freshmen, including hey, man. R- five-star Ricky Julian B. Phillips. R- Ricky B., I- I- who cares about the five-star? They got the, the, the late stock riser. Toby Awaka and DJ Jefferson, I think, could also qualify as a late stock they riser. They love he, he the late stock Tulsa. riser over there. They love the late stock riser. But Tobey Awaka is going back to 2023. 
Oh, he is. That's the plan. Uh, I take him off my depth chart. And Zakai, but but the last uh, the last New York kid that they took was Zakai Ziegler. That worked pretty well. So. Um, and so I think Phillips starts with Josiah James, and then, I mean this this should be a deep team. They got guys who can start coming off the bench like Ziegler, like Robinson, Nakamwa, like Jonas Du. I think this this is a top 25-ish team here. Yes, agreed. Phillips is like a three-level scorer, can shoot, has great size. You know, he he'll be a one-and-done type of guy. Um, I I I, I like mixing like him. Slides in, in and takes a five-star every year. Yeah, I I like the Phillips James pairing at the three-four. I think they complement each other really well. Yes. James being physical and 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 James is another guy that like people wrote off because he was bad as a freshman, but like is now very good, like very very good player. Yeah, he he couldn't shoot at first, but he he did all the other things, um, and that and that no, can make it tough at to times shoot. to watch. Yeah. Oh, George Mason also got Elvis Naji, who was someone yes. who was another really inflating his list. Um, he had like a list earlier of like Arizona, Marquette, like all these high major teams. All the schools that recruited this brother. Yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna keep scrolling here, see if we stumble upon anything else. Oh, a Greg Elliott to Pitt. I'm a big fan of this move. Wing shooter. They have a they have printer guys with size like Jamarius Burton that makes Elliott. Being not as big, not matter. I think Elliott showed at Marquette he's a clear high major player, and Pitt has minutes and a shooting to offer. So Pitt's backcourt for next year is Jamarius Burton, Nellie Cummings, Greg Elliott, and Nike Sabandi. Which is still probably like last in the ACC. I was going through it with our Syracuse And their front court is like Blake Henson. The Diaz brothers, Federico, Federico, which is an electric name, and John Hughley. So, because my my initial reaction when when Elliot committed was, oh, you know, maybe Pitt can move up to the uh, second worst tier in the ACC. No, no, no. no. But then my uh, NC State's the worst team in the SEC. ACC next year. Our yeah, our Syracuse correspondent Patrick Wong and I went through it and uh, Pitt. Pitt, Pitt might be worse. <laughs> Pitt's, Pitt's still, yeah, Pitt's still in trouble. Yeah. So it says, NC State's Brayon Pass, Jarkel Joyner, Jack Clark, Greg Gant, DJ Burns. With, oh, what about Casey Morcell and Ernest Ross? Are we starting Casey Morcell? Yeah, I, I, I think it'll be Joyner, Morcell, Clark, Ross, and Burns. Yeah, that's still pretty bleak. I don't know, weird moves. Fresno State added three centers. That's yeah, they, cool. they, they, they they took a they were they, and then one of their runoff centers just went to Washington. I know Bra- Braxton Media goes to Washington to be their third Bad string center. Yeah. Um, but Isaiah Moore is good. He's I guess has like a- attitude issues or, well, or I, something. I, for those of those that remember, I wrote the article in the. Uh, fall detailing the lawsuit that was filed by former St. John's Steve DeMeo about um, the, you know, but, but it was a wrongful termination lawsuit. Um, but quite frankly, you know, 
a lot of the intrigue in the lawsuit was kind of detailing like the culture breakdown of St. John's and Isaiah Moore was always in the middle of it. Like if you believe the lawsuit, you know, Isaiah Moore was like threatened to be kicked off the team like every day by (laughs) Mike Anderson. So, you know, you're getting what you're getting here, but they're losing Orlando Robinson. And I think they're just like, all right, let's take as many times as we can and see if one of these guys is good. Yeah. So, I mean, Moore is good. We'll see how it translates. He is athletic. He has good touch. He blocks shots. They also added Eduardo Andre from Nebraska. He was a tr- former Great top, top 125 recruit. Um, and then Chooks Isuchia from IPUI uh, got signed up to be the third string center. So best of luck to Chooks. Um, this one, I, I, I missed in the moment, but Nebraska added Emmanuel Bandamel from SMU. That's correct. Still Does working on one more guard. guard. No, 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 no. They're looking. They're looking for one more guard. My sure. my count has them right now at 15 dudes. Um, I believe they're at 13, and one is about to go. Who do you have here? All right. Um, my guess is the disconnect is at the center position, so I'll start there. Derek Walker, Wilhelm Breidenbach, Blase Keita, and Oleg Kozhnets. My my assumption would be that like some of these signees or like verbal commits were Abdul Massey guys that are no longer coming. That are not coming. My assumption would be that Blaze Keita falls in that bandwagon, but I don't actually know that. He was a super that. highly rated JUCO guy. So I don't know. They should move. Okay, we'll let them move on. Cause, cause I mean, they're in a weird they're a weird roster, yeah. But regardless, Bandamel is a plug and play guy. They have Wiltshire. They have Greasel, but. Yeah, the roster's not, not bad at all. I just don't Juan know if Gary. it's enough talent, especially right. at, at the top. Like, is Trey McGowan I mean, should, is your it, best player? I like, think it should be a better team than Northwestern. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm not exactly thrilled about the coaching at Nebraska so far. Uh, no, this kind of feels like a collection of, like, fourth and fifth best players, though. Like, they have, like, seven fourth and fifth best players. They're just trying to get it right. You know, keep 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 reshuffling the cards. Might be shuffling deck chairs in the Titanic, but um, Ithiel Horton of Central Florida. Again, no, another team that looks okay. Maybe their top end talent isn't high enough. They're not going to be a tournament team, but you know, it, I mean, it's it, all it's all going to be about chemistry with all these teams. They're just yeah. weirdly weird hodgepodges. Like, yeah, like maybe there's enough talent here. Maybe there's not. Uh, I mean, I actually don't think the talent's that good here. Like, I I would kind of look down upon it compared to some of the other teams that we talk about here. I think um, Darius Johnson is very good, though. That's true. That's true. But I, I do think in general, like, a lot of these, it's just like, you're going to have to pick a few horses to back, and they're going to be, you know, you're going to have to find which ones are going to be good to chemistry, and maybe that's coaching bets, maybe that's whatever. Um, but the, 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 the margin between a lot of these rosters are pretty kind of pretty thin. Uh, one team who could also represent the ACC at the bottom would be Georgia Tech. They had Javon Franklin from your South Alabama Jaguars. I actually love Javon Franklin. I think he's terrific. I don't think he's at all a Georgia Tech player, but he's a very good athlete. He plays really, really hard. He can play the four. He can play the five. Uh, he's a good rebounder. He's good on the block. Like, why not? 
Their problem is that they've seemingly replaced Mike DeVoe with Lance Terry. From Gardner-Webb, yeah. Who wasn't the best player at Gardner-Webb. And the last guy who left Gardner-Webb, who was the best player. DeMoyne Williams? Well, I was going to say the previous year was Jaheim Cornwall, who might have been the worst grad transfer up this past year. He was dreadful. Did we do Josiah Strong on a previous week to your new favorite team? The Colorado State Rams, the fellas. Uh, no, that's a good get. Good shooter. Very good shooter. And the the other benefit with Josiah is that he is from the state of Minnesota. Guess who else is from the state of Minnesota? That'd be David Roddy. Mr. David Roddy. So, look, I mean, Colorado State will not be very good. Well, they won't be they won't be that that good without Mr. Uh, David Roddy. And if but they still will have a koozie guy, and. Uh, in 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 uh, I say Stevens and a good shooter and you know good role players and a good coach but you know obviously their their at large juice is predicated upon Mr Roddy coming back. Okay, so we we mentioned Ole Miss earlier, right? So they are bringing back Jamin Brayfield. They're adding Josh Mbala, you know, to to that four or five. Theo Akuba, the shop locking center, is a five, and Javius McKinnis, who was SWAC Defensive Player of the Year. Four or five, plus they have a top 100 recruit and Malik Ewan as a four or five, and I believe Robert Allen, who's been a rotation player, is back as well. So they're they're just Kermit's feeling the heat. He's throwing darts here. Well, I uh, so, so so when I was informed that Josh Mbala had committed from a member of the Ole Miss staff, um, they made a big point of telling me that like four of their players on their roster now have one defensive player of the year in their leagues at one point. So I think this is like a defensive renaissance type thing. Like we're going to be athletic. We're going to be tough. You're not going to score on us, whatever. A lot seems to be riding upon this Miles Burns character from NIIA. Well, you figured Ruffin and Merle start in the backcourt. They have Ty Fagan, right? Start at the three. They, they Burns, they have Fagan, who's been around for a million years at this point. Um, they have one top 100 recruit, Amari Abram, who thinks a point guard. One of their other freshmen is also top 100, or or at least close. So if they they have plenty of talent to be good. It's just going to be, you know, like we said with Central Florida and a bunch of these a bunch of these other teams, Nebraska. Uh, what's this chemistry going to look like? And is, is the top end talent enough? Right in the portal era. It's easy to get a lot of good fourth and fifth best players, uh, but you need your like Alondas Williams, Jake, Jake Laravia breakouts, where they look like fourth or fifth best players, but they're actually really, really good. 100% agree. Anything um, else, Brad? Do we have anything else? Colin Holloway to Tulane. Colin, that's, oh, okay. that's where I was, yep. Tulane gets Colin Holloway. Uh, I guess he starts. I don't know this Tulane roster very well. I know that the analytics like him early. Um, oh yeah, T rank is loving Tulane. He's he's not that good. Like Holloway's not that good. I know when we were talking earlier about Marcellus Erlington versus Colin Holloway. I mean, give me Marcellus Erlington ten times out of ten. Agreed. Well, San Diego now with Erlington, Eric Williams, uh, Jaden Delaire, and some high level JUCO guys like Deuce Turner and Benji Pierre. They could be interesting. I again, I'm I'm a little concerned chemistry wise and culture wise. Um, but yeah, I mean, Labs has assembled some interesting, an interesting collection of talent that, like, if nothing else, 
should like athletically look the part when they play against Gonzaga. You know what I mean? Yeah. Eric Williams, yeah. Jaden Delaire and Marcel Zerlin. Right. Long three, athletes who can switch. Yeah, whatever. They can all shoot. Yeah. Um, and I think lastly, we have Wake Forest added Davion Bradford for Kansas State. A lot of eligibility. To, that's the that's, step that, back. Yeah. That's the uh, that's the player to be named later in the uh, Ishmael Masood deal. Oh, you're right. Bradford <laughs> took a step back last year, but we he is huge. They needed a big. Uh, and then they added Bobby Clintman, who was a top 100 recruit. Yeah, Bobby Previously on committed number three. Yeah. Yeah, so committed to Maryland and Colorado. Apparently, he didn't get to school at Colorado, which makes it weird to go to Wake, which is like a good academic school. But presumably, knowing that Colorado was too. But. Yes, but like Wake is like like a top 50 school in the country. So is Colorado. Colorado might be but like like Wake is not like a like a pushover academic school. So no, no, Wake's a very good academic school. So I would assume that I would assume that they have it cleared, but that is like something to know is that like that was apparently what what led him to not. Well, if That's you guys weird, listen, another weird collection. If you guys listen to the podcast to hear us drone on about every single semi-relevant transfer, I mean, you're out of luck. I mean, this is it. We're out. Yeah. The portal is dry. We're running out we're, of bodies here. We're going to get a couple more guys trickling out. You know, we'll get Tyrese Hunter and Imani Bates, maybe both of Louisville. Uh, Purdue yeah. doesn't have any backcourt. I, I have a weird feeling that, like, if Imani wanted to be at Louisville, or if, if Louisville wanted Imani and Imani wanted Louisville, it would already be done. I thought I saw that Imani's not making this decision until mid-June. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, Louisville makes all the sense in the world. Like, let's I go. saw that when June was not right, right around the corner. I don't know. We shall see. Yeah. We'll keep you posted, obviously, on those developments. Next week, uh, we will have draft decisions. We will wait till June 1st to give you your next podcast, I would assume. Yeah. And then we'll just update you all on, on the events. So appreciate you all listening to this marathon edition and we'll see you all next week.